Welcome to the Banyan Edge Podcast. Here's your host, Charles Sizemore. Welcome. I'm your host, Charles Sizemore. And today, we are going to answer all of the questions about artificial intelligence that you were too embarrassed to ask. This is a big deal because most of us know something or other about AI. It's been in the news. It's been dominating the stock market. We've definitely seen it in movies. We've definitely seen it in science fiction. Uh, what is AI? Is it data from Star Trek, you know, the, the Android? Is it uh, the Terminators from, from the Terminator movies? Is it Skynet? What, what exactly is AI? We have a pretty good idea, but let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's make it understandable. And to help me do that, I have brought on our resident tech guru, Mr. Ian King himself. Welcome, Ian. Charles, nice to see you. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Now, I know you've been writing about and speaking about AI all year. This has been really, this has been a theme sort of within a theme for you. You've been talking about how the rise of automation and AI is absolutely essential to breaking us from you know, the, the China export mold. It's, it's really important for us to become more independent, to deal with the labor shortages we have right now, really a global labor shortage. So it, this is really the biggest theme of our lifetimes. We all sort of get that. But the actual nitty gritty of, of how does this stuff actually work? Like I've used chat GPT. I know a lot of our viewers have probably played around with it as well. Phenomenal tool. But how does it actually work? <laughs> like what, what is what is the little genie in the bottle here, or the little little hamster on the wheel that makes this work? Like, like walk us through the actual like the actual nuts and bolts of it. Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, and, and to be clear, you know, we've been writing about AI uh, for the last five, six years at Banyan Hill, but really only this year is when the mega trend bursts on the scene with the rise of ChatGPT. And I'll talk more about that in a moment. But, you know, to simplify, like, what is artificial intelligence? I like to think of it as a machine that makes better predictions. And so, you know, these, these uh, models, these AI and these algorithms aren't really intelligent in the sense that humans can be intelligent, but they're really good at making predictions and, and they get better and better at making let, predictions. Let me, let, me, let me squeeze in. So they're not sentient. It's not like they think. I mean, you don't really have to worry about hurting an AI's feelings just yet. <laughs> Although, you know, I find myself like thanking Alexa and asking it please every now and then, which That's just is kind of like... Just, just, just a good, you know, keep up the decorum in the household. Um, but, but other than that, you know, think about how like a self-driving car works. Um, you're, you're sitting there, and the car's driving with you in the lane, and the car's making a prediction as to what other things in its environment, cars, um, you know, stoplights, uh, and other people, maybe a bicyclist. The car is making a prediction of what these other things are possibly doing, and that's how it navigates itself throughout the world uh, in a way and, that feels like a human would be driving. Predict, like, like, let's talk about training the model. Like, like, how does that work? Like, how how does this prediction happen? Sure. So there are, you know, AI is a is a broad term, right? Um, one of the probably the rise of the most important AI right now is what's called machine learning, and that is under the umbrella of AI. And you can think about a machine, uh, a good example of how machine learns is, are you familiar with Google Translate? Like, have you ever gone to Google and said, like, I want to say this in Spanish or I want, I mean, you, I know you're fluent I Spanish. do that every day of my life, Ian. Okay. I live in South America. <laughs> 
So the way that the the developers train the Google Translate model is they basically just fed it books in one language and books in the other language. And the model read all the books and and one in French, let's say, and then read all the books in English, and then it figured out that this word means this word in the other book. And so it basically learned, it taught itself to translate. It didn't necessarily take a programmer. And that's what machine learning is. Um, it's one of the reasons why the models that we have now uh, are growing at, you know, faster than an exponential pace. Uh, like if you take ChatGPT3, which was released in late last year, and then ChatGPT4 was released in, released in March, ChatGPT4 was a 10 times improvement over what ChatGPT3 was. And, you know, as humans in just a couple of months, right? And probably at some point this summer, we'll probably get version five and then version six after that. So, you know, the the power of artificial intelligence is growing at a faster pace than our brains can predict. And if you think about that, like the human brain thinks very linearly, like we take a bunch of stuff that happened in the past and we forecast in the future. Tech grows what we know exponentially, where if you think about Moore's law, the power of a semiconductor, uh, the computational power doubles every 18 months or so, okay? And so you, that's why you've seen this exponential growth in computers where we went from having PCs in the house in the 90s to the smartphones in you know, the 2000s. And then all of a sudden now we have AI here in the 2020s. Like this all happened because, and, and no one really predicted this, right? Think about the world 15 years ago. You never would have imagined we'd be living in this world nowadays where it's like you can do all this computer type stuff on a smartphone in your pocket and it has all these new capabilities and new apps and whatnot and that is basically exponential growth growing faster than anyone would have predicted when we get into the ai world it, it's actually going to increase even faster than exponential growth because of the uh what's called a reinforcement learning from human feedback so uh in chat gpt essentially is a large language model and it's programmed to make a prediction as to what you prompted. So let's say you prompted that you want to write a Seinfeld skit about, uh, you know, two guys on a podcast talking about AI. And it'll write, you know, you and I and the characters of Seinfeld and Kramer. And, wait, wait, and wait. which one of us is Kramer? I, I don't yeah, I want to be Jerry. I'll let the audience decide that one. <laughs> um, and so, you know, but but it's a prediction of what you would think that the Seinfeld episode would look like. And as they train the model, you know, the chat GPT would offer it, let's say three suggestions of what this could look like. And the developers would say, this one looks better than the other in a similar way, you know, and, those and, and, and that's, what's called training. So, so for the uninitiated, when, exactly. when, when you hear about training the model, that that's what this is. When the engineers look at the various options and say, it's this one. Right. And the machine is just making predictions as to, you know, what you would want to hear. Same thing with generative AI when it comes to text to visual. So you can actually, you know, type in, I want to see a picture of, you know, Joe Biden eating an ice cream cone, like flying on an ostrich. Right. And it'll give you like three images. And, and then the human doesn't want to see that, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, not to be too political, but you know, he, Biden does love his ice cream. So, um, I, I could see that, 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 that picture. So, you know, the, they would come up with a couple of images and you would choose which one best suits what you're looking for. And so you're reinforcing, uh, the model 
by saying, yes, this works. This is what I'm looking for. This is a good prediction, you know, good boy. And so, like- and so you and I are now the engineers when we use uh, chat GPT or, or any of these you know, rel- related uh, AIs and it gives various options and we say, yes, that one, or we say, no, 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 do it again. We are participating in that training process. It's no longer the engineers in the lab. Now it's you and I in the real world. There are still developers, and there's been a question as to, okay, so now ChatGPT is getting answer, asked very technical questions, which, you know, you might need to be like a college professor to answer like a question on astrophysics. Um, and so the they, they actually, uh, Sam Altman has talked about that they are going to be looking for, you know, let's say like uh, uh, college, like grad students to help build these higher models. Um, so the other thing too is that, what we're seeing is the adoption rate faster than any technology in human history. And, you know, I just want to be clear about this. It took Google a couple of years to reach 4 million users, right? ChatGPT, 100 million users in the first two months. So this is like nothing we've ever seen before in terms of adoption. I mean, think about automobiles. It took decades before there were 100,000 people who had cars, right? The first automobile was built in the 19th century. And then we didn't really see widespread adoption until 1911 when with Ford and the Model T. Uh, so this is a technology that is going to be extremely impactful. It is going to increase human productivity. It's going to impact every single industry. And this is really just the year when it's finally burst onto the scene. Well, okay, that that's actually a really good lead into my next question. Mm-hmm. Now, you actually pointed to me a, a really good article by uh, Mark Andreessen, the uh, the venture capitalist. Now, he's not just some guy with money, uh, although he does have a lot of money and he does like to invest it. But he's actually one of the pioneers of the Internet. I believe he was one of the founders of, of the, the Netscape browser. So before right. Safari, before Google Chrome, even before uh, Internet Explorer, there was Netscape. And this was mid-90s or even maybe early 90s, come to think of it. And so this guy was really there you know, at the dawn of the internet. And he had a really good piece where he said, no, this is not going to blow up humanity. This is, this is not what you think it is. This is not what you see in science fiction. This is augmentation. This is not replacing humans. This is not something that makes humans obsolete. This is not going to cause you know, widespread unemployment. It's not like you and I aren't going to have jobs because there's going to be a chat bot doing this. It's more that it augments us. It's like mm-hmm. it, it's like an appendage. It it it, it leverages us. Um, I, I know you have some thoughts on that as well. Yeah, I um, am really excited for the way that AI will help individuals build their own human capital and. You know, with the rise of the internet, there were some positives, right? There's a lot of things that you can do on the internet, like book a trip, uh, book hotel reservations, or call an Uber. But there's also downsides. You know, you have supercomputer in your pocket that is trying to get your attention. So all these different forms of social media, Instagram and TikTok, they basically exist to keep us. Uh, you know, keep our minds focused on that one thing, right? They tickle some sensory in your brain that that basically can hypnotize you. I, basically, um, the same parts of your brain that are triggered by drug addiction and alcohol addiction and everything else. So, exactly. I mean, it, this is obviously is a problem. TikTok is a problem for teenagers across the country. Same with Instagram. Um, and I think that there is a capability 
in AI to build your own human capital, especially for students, because if you think about the way that people learn, and, and you think back 2000 years ago into Roman and Greek times, uh, the wealthy families, the aristocrats had tutors for their children. And um, in, in, in they might have had their own Plato or Socrates, literally, they, they would have hired Aristotle, someone. Of that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and nowadays, you know, we send students to school and they sit in a classroom and they kind of all try to learn at the same time. Uh, and then if your student, let's say it gets a bad grade, they come home and you have to hire a tutor. Uh, imagine an, a smart AI that can actually teach the child at the pace the child is currently learning at and understand, you know, where the child needs improvement and where it doesn't in a very precise way. So, and then, and then the other idea would be, uh, you know, imagine having like a life coach with you at all times, that's helping you make better decisions where that could be the things that you're eating or the exercise you're getting. And this is, it knows you and understands your health. Uh, and it is there to kind of give you that little bit of motivation or that incentive to, to be a little bit better. Trainer. I mean, imagine when the tech gets better and you can incorporate that into like the biosensors in an Apple watch, it can, you know, tell you, Hey, you know, you're, you're doing the bench press at a slightly wrong angle, you know, uh, position your arm slightly differently. I, it, you know, it, it, uh, the applications here are really limitless. Yeah. And then also just in preventing diseases, like there are already AI models that are able to detect cancer uh, much better than uh, regular models or regular doctors could in the past. So, I mean, that, that, that's very exciting. They can predict like early onset of dementia and they can show you ways to avoid, let's say Alzheimer's disease if you're elderly. Uh, you can imagine some type of AI bot that is uh, taking care of the elderly uh, you know, something that's much more responsive than Siri or Alexa and, and put that into some type of automated robot. You know, now we're talking about like Rosie from the Jetsons. Um, so, you know, a, a stock that we advise people to invest in early this year in our February issues is called Symbotic. Uh, and what they do is they make warehouse robots. And our thesis was that with the rise of AI, the, the companies that make automated things are going to become uh, more valuable and more demand. Because, you know, you have basically a, a robot that is doing these tasks in the warehouse and all of a sudden the robot can become more precise. So you can also, buy more of the these. robot. And Ian, this is something you've been talking about for the better part of a year now. Mm -hmm. The robot also isn't going to get stuck in China because, you know, the port got shut and it's it's it eliminates a lot of those issues as well. So this is this is a multiple this is a powerful trend on multiple levels. Right. I mean, the, the biggest trend, I think, in the next decade is basically, uh, you know, onshoring and reshoring. So for 30 years, we basically shifted production of the world to China and India. Now, after COVID, a lot of the supply lines are moving back to other countries. There's a lot of companies that want to get out of China, perhaps move to other places in Southeast Asia. You know, we have basically the 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 chips war going on here. We're incentivizing, we're building all these new chip factories here in the United States. Um, and so, you know, this is going to, to be a multi-decade long phenomenon. And my bet is that when you're building these factories here in the United States, you know, the the the, the human capital is going to be a lot less. So they're gonna have less humans and more automation, uh, just because. You can, if you spend in the beginning to replace that worker, uh, it'll pay that that investment will pay dividends, obviously, uh, into many, the future. many years, if not decades in the future. Well, it, it's like the whole reason globalization 
helped us as much as it did over the last 40 years was our demand outstripped our ability to produce. Mm-hmm. The American worker is highly productive, but the American shopper, we like to buy stuff. And we were outstripping our ability to produce. So AI is that the next generation of that. You know, AI enables American worker as, as this goes back to this, this augmented intelligence. The you know, you or I, anybody, you know, yeah. the, the American office worker or factory worker is now potentially able to do whatever, double the work he could do before, triple, if maybe add a zero to it, you know, make, make it exponential. So that's that's where this really gets exciting. Yeah, and 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 also to mention, you know, obviously there is going to be widespread fear on the loss of current jobs, right? So you think about the trucking industry, you've got three million truckers. Once you have autonomous trucks, like that eliminates three million jobs virtually o- almost overnight. But in the past, when we've had these big technological breakthroughs, it's they've actually added new ways for humans to work and, and find employment. So I'm mean, think about this, like at the turn of the century in 1900, one in every four Americans in the United States worked on a farm. You yeah. know what that number is like now? It's like one in a hundred, right? Or less. Yeah. Nobody farms. Yeah. So, I mean, in our modern day world, like 20 years ago, like there was no such thing as an Uber driver. There was no such thing as an Airbnb host, right? So you have like all these jobs that, came about because of the internet age. Um, TaskRabbit's another one. People can add, you know, if you're a handyman, whatever, you can find work and uh, connect with someone that needs something done on their house. So, you know, I, I, I think that like AI is also going to bring that about where there might be some t- tedious jobs like in, in middle office. I think a lot of legal jobs will probably be eliminated by AI. But it's going to also create new opportunities for people if they're able to retrain their skills. And that's why I think that this decade is going to look a lot like the 90s. So with the advent of the Internet, let's say the mid 90s, you had incredible economic growth, four to five percent through most of it. Um, and, and I do think that we're going to see a very similar thing. Very strong labor market as well. Yeah. Think about the, some of the jobs the Internet destroyed, the travel agent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, travel agents. You remember when we were kids. If you wanted to take a trip somewhere, you went to a travel agency and they sort of sorted it out for you. I, travel agents exist today, but they're really just sort of for niche niche deals. Like, like right. that industry basically disappeared, but it, those people were retrained. They found new jobs. It's it's. I, I think that's that's the theme. For every job that's destroyed, many more are created. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the beauty of capitalism, and you know this, is that as long as we are increasing productivity, so as long as our workforce becomes more productive, it is going to create widespread prosperity in the long run. So the countries that are, you know, the most undeveloped countries in the world, the problem is they just don't have productive economies. I mean, I think about uh, Venezuela as like a prime example of this, one of the most unproductive countries in the world because of communism and socialism, whatever you want to call it down there, versus capitalist economies. You know, one of the reasons why the U.S. growth rates have been stronger than, let's say, Europe uh, over the last 20, 30 years is because we have basically uh, unleashed capitalism and innovation in our economy, uh, where over there they have a, a ton of rules that businesses have to follow and restrictions and regulations on on everything, whatnot. And so, I, you know, I, I see it every day. I, mean, I, I spend most of my time in uh, in South America and in Peru these days. And in my observation, the typical Peruvian worker is a smart cookie and they know what they're doing. Right? They, they're they're intelligent, but they're still very unproductive mm-hmm. because they operate in a system that does not harness their 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 potential yeah so uh, the other the other thing too is that the global 
GDP before the internet was about 25 trillion. We're at 100 trillion now. So we've had a 4x growth in, in global GDP over the last 25, 30 years. I think we're going to see about a 50% growth in GDP because of AI, right? Yeah. So, um, and you're already seeing this. So one of the big trends in the market this year has been mega cap tech. And the reason for that is if you think about it, like these are the companies that are going to, you know, make use of, of AI quickly, right? So like Facebook yeah. already has their AI model. Google has their AI model. Obviously, Microsoft has they're their the, investment. They're the ones that for them is low hanging fruit. They're the ones most able to implement quickly. Exactly. And when you think about AI, the best thing it does is it's going to write computer code, right? So you can actually 10x the productivity of a developer using an AI model uh, alongside them, right? So sure. Uh, and, 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 and what we've seen this year in tech is we've seen massive layoffs across the board, right? What that's done, why tech is up because of this is because profit margins are going to be increasing. So you can see a scenario where revenues might be stagnant in a lot of these big cap tech companies, but they've trimmed a lot of the jobs they added uh, in the post-COVID world, um, and that's going to help operating margins obviously help uh, profits. It goes back to what we said about augmentation. It gets more productivity out of each individual worker. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, Goldman Sachs has written about this, about uh, how much just even a, a 50 basis points increase in annual productivity could mean a huge jump in GDP. Uh, over the next decade because of AI. So, you know, we're, we're really just on the precipice of this. Obviously, the markets do one thing. We had this mania in 2020 and 2021, and everybody's like, ah, I know a lot of these new technologies, electric vehicles, self-driving cars, they're never going to be here. What happens with technology is that everything happens slowly at first and then suddenly, right? The smartphone yeah. came about very slowly, and then all of a sudden, everybody's got one of these things in their pocket. And and I think a few AI, executives had Blackberries back in the day, a few investment bankers, and now everybody has something ten times better in their pocket at all times. Precisely, <laughs> precisely. So, so you know, we are I, we putting together a, a summit to talk about the American AI. Uh, artificial intelligence, what it means for your portfolio. I, we do a big, um, I'm working with a host named Chris Hurt uh, and going to be explaining exactly what AI is, what this technology can mean uh, for your investment, what is it going to mean for the economy. Uh, and that's coming in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully we can add a link to uh, this webinar that people can sign up for it and come check it out. Absolutely. We will, we will do that now. Okay. So Ian? This has been fantastic, and this was really just sort of the tease. I know you're, you're going to be going into a lot more detail on your summit. So mm -hmm. to all of our viewers out there, I, I would strongly, strongly encourage you to participate in this. Ian is one of the most knowledgeable people I know in this space, and this space is going to dominate the investment world for the next 10, 20 years. So this is something you really, really do not want to miss. So on that, you know, Ian, we're out of time, buddy. So I'm going to let you go. But thanks for thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Charles. It was a pleasure. Yeah, always. And thanks to our viewers for checking in. Please join us next week. And until then, go out and make yourself some money.